Well, hey friends, if you are leading a team or you know that that is in your future, you really need to have strong communication skills. And today's guest comes from the tech industry. She knows how to communicate across a broad spectrum of individuals of how they think and how they process information. So today's show is all about communicating as a leader and how to develop impact and influence. So stay with me. You're going to love what my guest has to share with you. Hey there, you're listening to the Living a Limitless Life podcast. I'm Sharon Hughes, and on this show, we talk about mastering your mindset, growing your faith, and becoming the leader you want to be with tips, strategies, and interviews to help you create a life you love. I'm really glad you're here. So come on, let's go. Joining me on the show today is Shola Kay. She's an international speaker and an international speaking coach. She's recently given an amazing TEDx talk that you've got to see. I'll have that linked up below for you. But let's bring her on. Welcome to the show, Shola. Hi, Sharon. Fantastic to be here. Thank you for the invite. Oh, it's so exciting to have you because after watching your TED Talk especially, like I've adored you from afar anyway, but after watching that, I know so many people that are stuck in corporate in the rat race of feeling that they can't be themselves. And so let's just jump into what you shared in your TED Talk because that's really going to resonate with so many people. Your message really needs to be heard. Mm, Thank you. Well, my TED Talk was on empathy in the workplace and how people, a lot of people feel that they cannot be themselves. And if you can't be yourself, then how can we show empathy for another person if we're not even being who we really are? And um, I started with my story of my time in corporate. And um, in one particular position, as an introvert, um, in those days, this was kind of way back um, when, and I think introverts weren't really understood in those days, or they they kind of thought that you would there was something wrong with you if you didn't speak up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, so, in one particular position, um, after a, a short time in that position, I got um, basically put on probation in that role because they felt that I was uh, too quiet and was being lazy. Um, and then I also shared in the TEDx talk how. Um, People are quite often afraid to speak up about themselves and about their own stories because if they have something to share that's different from the norm, either they they worry that it's not going to be accepted or just that their colleagues are afraid to to hear something that's not just the sort of common parlance and what we we normally talk about. And so I I shared that and I shared the impact of, of those situations on my career and how it led me to eventually leave the corporate world um, and become a singer. And in particular, as a professional entertainer, which uh, I was for many years, I'd see people who would come out on a Friday night, on a Saturday night, you know, loving the idea of connecting through music, through emotion. And yet on Monday morning at whatever time, all of that disappears, gets packed away, and it's time to go to work and put on that sort of... Um, uh, I call it like a sort of a facade almost of who you really are because you're afraid to be yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I've experienced that myself. So 
what are some tips of how we can be more ourself so that we can connect with people but still remain um, professional? I think that would be one of the the questions because people are going to say, well, not every workplace is suitable to um, maybe connecting through music. Like a lot of places I know of now, like they're starting to play more music. They have bring your dog to work day. Like you even talked about that in your TED talk, like things are loosening up, but there's still a lot of very staunch places. So what are some tips to where we could be our authentic selves and still be professional? Yeah, it's, it's, it's quite a tough one. And I think some workplaces encourage it and some don't. So I think it also depends on where you work and what the, the party line is in your office. But what I say to people as a start is really to start thinking about who it is that they are and sort of start tapping into their values in life. Mm. Um, and then seeing if there's some way that they can start to show those values in the workplace. Um, so, for example, it, it might be about telling stories that what you did at the weekend that help to share what the, your values are with another person. And I think also if you're in touch with, with your, the actual value rather than, than just the story, you might find that you connect with somebody who you might have ordinarily thought you've got nothing in common with at all. Mm. And again, in the TEDx talk, I share the story where you may have a corporate exec, like over here in the UK, people are crazy about soccer. So you might have somebody who's very invested in going to watch soccer every week. Um, and then you may have a mum who's got a child who plays soccer and goes and watches soccer every week but for a different reason. But if people don't get to that opportunity to share, oh, OK, yeah, well, we both we both love going to see soccer for different reasons, but it's something we can talk about. Mm-hmm. If people aren't even encouraged to, to share um, the stories that get people to that place where they discuss the shared values, then it gets really hard. And I think the, the interactions that we have tend to be more superficial and uh, just, just you know, confined to the workplace because there's nothing much else as a foundation. Mm. So I think knowing your values is, is, one, is one part of it, definitely. <clears throat> and then not being afraid to share those stories, but understanding that that's, that's the, the path to connection. Um, rather than just sharing, uh, you know, just as, as an end in itself. Mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting that in your talk, you mentioned that 40% of people don't think that their employers care about them. Do I have that statistic yeah. right? Uh, I haven't checked it recently, so you probably have it more right than me. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought it, you know, yeah. that does stifle people from speaking up. Because if they think nobody cares about what they have to say, they're not going to speak up. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and there are stats that say that when people feel that they're cared about at work, they're more likely to support their fellow employees. Mm. They're more likely to share information. Um, and that those, those things alone will have a huge impact on the, the, the sort of the sentiment, the feeling at that particular workplace and also on people's productivity. If someone's prepared to you know, to um, have your back if something goes wrong or, you know, that, that really makes a big difference at work. Mm-hmm. And it starts with the management, I think. It starts with, with managers and it starts at the top because sometimes you'll go into a, uh, it might be a hotel even, and you can see everybody's disgruntled, they're unhappy. And that typically comes from 
one of the management or it comes from the very top of the organization. Mm-hmm. Oh, I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, I saw that firsthand when I was in the corporate world is that there was a lot of people in the the you know, the lower level positions that really wanted to connect and thrive and grow, but upper management was holding them back. And it was because, mm-hmm. you know, they didn't support them. So it, it actually really does stifle business growth and causes higher turnover. You lose talented people when they can't come as their whole self to the office. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. Because if you think about the energy that you have, if some of that is is being spent on suppressing who you are or watching your back, then mm-hmm. how can you be free to be creative and innovative and supportive if you're constantly on the lookout and feeling that you've got to cover things up? Oh, that's Between a really good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's energy that could be used to be productive and finish projects. And wow, that's a really good point. I never thought of it like that. Energy lost. Mm. So how did you transition from singing into becoming a speaker and a speaking coach? Oh, good question, really. I'd, I'd, it's funny, I wanted, while I was professionally singing, I'd um, read a few books, in, including one by Brendan Bouchard, which is, I think the book was called The Millionaire Messenger. Mm-hmm. And Brendan Bouchard is, a, you probably know who he is, Sharon, mm-hmm. but um, some people over here don't. So, um, but he's a high performance uh, coach mm-hmm. and he's written several books. And I was reading a, the chapter in this particular book about um, creating a movement through being a speaker. And for some reason, as I read that chapter, I just started to cry. And it was um, just a, a sort of very emotional, very, um, almost like my soul was, was saying, look, hey, pay attention, tap, tap, tap. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I'd never really thought about being a speaker because in, in my corporate job, I'd never been particularly effective at meetings and sort of being articulate during meetings. And I just thought it wasn't for me. But when this moment happened, I thought, okay, I need to look into this. So a couple of years after that, I joined Toastmasters, which is where a lot of people start when they want to speak. And um, found that I really loved it. And through having had my singing training, that gave me the confidence to stand in front of people and not be self-conscious or not be worried about being judged. And um, from there, really enjoyed it and hired several other coaches and took loads of training with different people from around the world. And sort of slowly segued into becoming a professional speaker and speaking internationally and uh, of course helping people because I have a a teaching and coaching background anyway and it made sense as somebody who had learned to to speak rather than somebody who did it naturally Mm -hmm. it made sense for me to share what I picked up with other people who perhaps had struggled in the same way that I once did. Mm, That's a great story wow I know I've had those moments too where you read something and it's like it speaks right into your soul and you know that you have to go to the next level, that there's no option for you. <laughs> I love that. I love that because think if you hadn't, if you hadn't read that, you probably wouldn't be where you are right now, you know, traveling the world, speaking to people, helping them find their voice and speak up. I love that. So beautiful. Oh, thank you. So 
You have quite a few offerings to help people find their voice. Tell us about your masterclass that you offer. Yeah, I'm really excited about that because I recorded it just recently. And uh, there are so many people who, who really want to get out there and they either they, uh, they, they want to speak, they're like me, they wanted to speak, but they just didn't have the confidence. And then you get people who um, have the confidence, but they're not quite sure how to find speaking opportunities. And then you also have those people who are finding opportunities, but they're not necessarily converting the audience over into being uh, followers or potential clients. Mm -hmm. And with this masterclass, it's really, um, I have a program that helps people with, with all of that, but I wanted to give people, anybody who was interested, a free way of at least getting started with speaking. Mm-hmm. And so in my masterclass, those are the three issues that I primarily deal with. I first of all, sh- share with people my um, own sort of proprietary system, if you like, that I put together for helping people, first of all, become all rounders at speaking. And that's my diva system. Mm-hmm. Um, and D, D stands for being a dynamic speaker, mm-hmm. which means being lively and engaging. I stands for being an inspiring speaker, which is about storytelling V stands for being valuable, which is all about audience research and making sure you've got the right information in your talk and it's well structured. And A stands for being authentic. So that's my little system for being a a, a really effective speaker. And then as far as the business side is concerned, I have another acronym, which is STAR. And so in STAR, S stands for creating a powerful signature talk which you know that whenever you give that talk, it shows you at your best and also helps people to know that they want to work with you. T stands for tracking down speaking opportunities, which is something people can find very, very tricky. Um, A stands for applying for those opportunities. So how do you put your best foot forward and make sure that the meeting planners want you on their um, list? And then finally, R is all about rehearsal. And that's about uh, not only rehearsing for that opportunity, but it's all the preparation that you need to do beforehand to really be on form. And then also what you need to do after the talk to end up getting repeat bookings, to get your testimonials, all those things that you need if you want to keep speaking again and again. So um, in my masterclass, I share the diva and the star framework. And then I also go into helping people speak confidently, to finding speaking gigs and then also to converting people into leads. So that sounds like a lot actually, but it's not, it doesn't last hours, thankfully. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just thinking that is so much value that you're delivering in your free masterclass. Like how could anybody say no to that? That's amazing. Thank you. Well, it's funny because in my Facebook group, um, a lady watched the the masterclass and she recorded a little video of all the notes that she'd taken. And it was like, wow, I've taken so many notes. And it was like 10 pages of notes she'd taken from this free class. (laughs) Well, that's awesome. Wow. So somebody that has to give a presentation at work would really benefit from this as well, I'm sure. Absolutely. Because the thing is with, with, with the talk, I mean, the, the engagement, being an engaging speaker is, is still helpful, whether you're trying to convert that into clients or whether you're trying to convert that into uh, being persuasive, you know, with your colleagues and your teammates in the office. So a lot of the skills do have over. And uh, even the diva and the staff framework, diva applies whether you 
speak for business or whether you speak, um, you know, in, in a corporate workplace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is your passion. This is your gig. So what I really want to know also, and I'm sure the listeners do too, is what kind of a mindset do you have to have to be successful at communicating what you have to say to the world or to the office? Interesting. That's a really interesting question. I've not been asked that before. So mindset to communicate. Well, I think, first of all, you've got to communicate from the perspective of wanting to form a connection with people. Um, And I, I run a workshop, which is on listening. And something that frequently comes up is when you're communicating, what's the point of that? Is it for the listener to get something or is it for you to just to, sh- to share your views and to air your own opinions? And ideally, you want a, a mix of both of those. You want to be able to authentically communicate as you in the way that gives, brings you to life. But you also want your listener to connect and engage and get something from the communication. And if either one of those is missing, then what, what's the point of 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 the communication you may as well just speak to yourself in your in a room but you know when you're on your alone right oh I love that I can't tell you how many meetings I sat in with people that had the floor so to speak and they were speaking just to hear themselves speaking it wasn't for connection and it definitely wasn't to deliver value to the listeners. So that's really important what you just said. I, I think we've all sat in those meetings where you're just going, oh my gosh, when's this going to end? <laughs> <laughs> definitely. I definitely have. And it's um, it's funny because some people don't even consider it. They just, just, oh, I'm just speaking now. That's it. I'm just blowing off steam. Um, but, but yeah, it, you could be speaking to anybody if you don't care who it is you speak to you could speak to anyone or nobody and uh, it doesn't have any impact really for leaders to be effective they need to be good communicators so what are just a couple of takeaways that you could share right now that would help them be more effective tomorrow so they can just be actionable with your content before they've actually had time to go through your master class Interesting. Um, I think one thing that people often, uh, I run a a class which is on personal impact and um, influence and persuasion. And I think one thing is that people tend to have a go-to that that they just always fall back on in terms of persuading or trying to get people to take action. So, for example, some people always use logic. Other people always go for, say, emotion, emotional connection. Other people always go for, oh, well, everyone else is doing it, so why shouldn't you? Mm. And I think one thing that's really important is to understand that everybody has a different modality in terms of what it is that takes them to uh, make them take action. And as a leader, especially if you're dealing with lots of different personality types, I think you've got to amend your or adjust your communication based on who it is you're talking to. So if you're trying to persuade somebody and you're you're using logic, whereas that person doesn't necessarily, isn't swayed by logic, then it's about the flexibility to understand, okay, right, well, okay, that didn't work. Let's, let's try something else. Let's try this. Let's try that. And so I think it's about, especially for leaders, because it's very easy to fall back on, 
well, I'm, I'm the leader here. You need to just do what I say. <laughs> it's easy to fall back upon that. And, but the effective leaders are people who are flexible. So I would say it's, it's flexibility and understanding that your communication should really be um, based around who it is you're speaking to. Uh, so so it's, it's, it's understanding who it is that you're talking to and, and the flexibility to change things up mid-conversation if what you're trying to achieve isn't working. Sorry, that was a mouthful there. <laughs> no, that was so good. Effective leaders are flexible. I love that because when I was in corporate training, one of the things that I used to say is if you're leading a team, it's your job to figure out how to communicate with your team. Because everybody has, you know, different quirks and different ways that they receive communication and things like that. I mean, it's not to mean that you've got to, you know, go crazy trying to appease every whim, but people are wired different and they understand information differently depending on how it's delivered. Absolutely. That, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was so good. Well, I used to live with a, I had a flatmate years ago and um, we just didn't get on. And I'm very, very logical the way I argue, the way I think. And she's super emotional. And I just didn't understand back in those days. She'd be saying, oh, but I don't feel this is right. And I'd be saying, but it makes sense. And we just completely knock heads all the time. And so now, of course, looking back, I can totally see why that was. But, um, but yeah, at the time, I didn't have the skills to know. <laughs> I love um, that you have a, a program on personal impact. I want to know more about that. Mm. Well, I work because I, my I'm, my background is in the sciences and um, my first corporate jobs were really around tech. And obviously with the rise of tech these days, where, where a lot of tech people are introverts or they're not the most outgoing, one of the courses that I love to teach and that goes down very well is personal impact for the technical profession professional. Mm. Because sometimes it's just it's a, a, a few very small tweaks that can make the difference and have someone step out and be a leader and be really influential, whereas before they would want to just sort of stay behind their computer and, um, you know, just kind of not take center stage. And um, so in, in that particular session, I talk about um, storytelling. So I give people some sort of very straightforward storytelling techniques so that they, they're, they're more influential around the use of stories. I also give people some speaking frameworks so that if they're in a meeting, they find it very easy to um, structure their arguments and to come across as very concise and mm -hmm. very on point. And then we also do a lot of work on what we just discussed, which is around persuasion and influence. And we, we play around, do a lot of role play, um, in particular on sort of cycling through the different modes of, of influence and persuasion so that people get used to um, saying things like, well, okay, I'll give you extra money if you do this or uh, no it doesn't make sense you know we kind of cycle through or well, your colleague did, did this last week why don't you try it so we really kind of have have fun but also play with with all the different ways that you can persuade in the workplace so that people come away feeling like they've already tried these things and it's not a big jump for them to actually go ahead and, and work this stuff through with with colleagues in the real world Oh my goodness. That ought to be just required education while kids are in high school. 
<laughs> I'm serious because like you said, people go to their default ways of communicating and the default ways depending on, because I'm kind of like the nerd about how people process information and think, depending on their background, some of those default ways of communicating can be somewhat dysfunctional. Like, <laughs> I'm sure you've probably observed this, our, our listeners I'm sure have seen something go on in the office that turned um, toxic because people end up in an argument over how a project should be done. And next thing you know, office doors are slamming and papers are being thrown. And you go, what just happened? They don't know how to communicate. Yes, absolutely. And I think it's because people, like you say, we, people don't know how to communicate. And they just feel that their default way is the way. Mm -hmm. And other people are in the wrong if they don't understand or they don't get it. Mm -hmm. And I think with, with you know, persuasion, with people understanding different personality types, it instantly puts you in this position of being curious as to well, what are they like then? How, how will I get the maximum out of my relationship with this person because mm -hmm. of their differences? And, and I think if you have that air of curiosity and then from there you're trying to make things happen, that's so much more healthy than it's my way or the byway or, or the highway sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I totally agree with you with what you're saying there. It can get toxic in the office. Sure. That That is so interesting too. And um, one of the things that I've realized is the defaults are people's normal. And it's not, and I just want to say because of what we just talked about, people slamming doors and throwing things, that that's not okay behavior, obviously. But mm. because of the way that they may have been brought up, that's their normal. Their default is their normal. And they're not a bad person. They honestly just don't know a better way yes absolutely and it and it's about having you've got to be observant as well mm -hmm. because if you're if you've got one particular way and then most of the office is doing something completely different mm -hmm. you've got to be thinking well okay why is that maybe I should be moving in that direction or trying to at least understand why why people are doing things differently mm -hmm. and it, it's a self-awareness I think and, mm -hmm. and understanding yours is not the only way mm -hmm. That's a, that's a huge piece of this is being self-aware. So when they're communicating in the boardroom, they're giving a talk, they're in a teaching position, communicating to their team, they need to be self-aware. Mm -hmm. Do you have any tips for how to improve your own self-awareness? Mm, that's an interesting question. Um, I would say, I think it's funny because I ran a workshop yesterday for, it was on introverts and extroverts and how to get the best out of both in a tech workplace. And, um, you know, we talked a bit about, well, extroverts have got this certain personality and introverts. I mean, we talked about the ocean. Do you know the ocean, the big five? Um, it's basically, there's a, a personality, um, I guess it's a personality survey or, and, it, and, um, it, it says that there are five main types of personality mm. traits okay. um, and, and it's represented by ocean. So O stands for openness, which is, are you somebody who likes to try new things? Do you like variety or are you more somebody who likes routine and, and chooses the same things, you know, week in, week out? So that's O. So you're either a high O, which means you're very open and, and like variety or you're a low O. Um, then you've got C, which is, stands for conscientiousness. 
So do you like to get things done, um, you know, on time? Are you very conscientious? You could be high conscientious or more laid back, you know, low conscientious. Then you've got E, which is extroversion. And so extroversion, obviously high extroversion, very outgoing. Uh, low extroversion is basically an introvert. Um, o, C, E, A. Then you've got A, which is, oh gosh, it's, I'll come back to A. And then finally, you've got N, which is neurotic. So either you're high, highly neurotic, a big warrior, or you're somebody who's pretty chilled out. You don't worry at all. And A, A will come back to me, I forget. But if you look up ocean, <laughs> big five. <laughs> Had a little brain, brain brainstorm there. Um, but basically, I think in terms of self-awareness, I think once people understand that you can go through using tools like Ocean and start to kind of figure out, oh, who am I? I'm, oh, I'm this, I'm, you know, I'm high O, but I'm a low neurotic, etc. It becomes fun and decoding someone else's personality becomes quite a fun thing. It's more, almost like you can gamify it rather than it being this kind of, oh, it's, I'm different than them, you know, it's me versus them or me against the world. And um, there's a wonderful book by Vanessa Van Edwards, which is called Captivate. And she has a whole chapter on this about decoding other people's personalities. So if you are curious about this, I definitely suggest having a look at that book because it's brilliant. But I think, um, you know, when, when we had this workshop yesterday and we talked about this ocean, people, people really liked it because it, people like to be able to categorize or at least sort of analyze themselves. And then once you analyze yourself, you can start saying, well, why didn't I, why don't I get on with so-and-so or why do we get on so well? And then you can start to find out other people's ocean profiles. And then you, you just have a curiosity about people rather than a, a judge, a judging stance. And I think it's, it's about being curious and listening and being open. Oh, that's such a good takeaway. It is about being curious. Yeah. See, what a wealth of information you are. Wow. <laughs> you got everything. You've drained me today, Sharon. You've given it all to me. Thank, well, thank you. <laughs> You've brought so much value. So, Shola, what are you working on next? Do you have another TEDx coming up or anything exciting you want to share with us? Oh gosh, what am I working on? Well, at the moment, I'm I've got my Get Clients with Speaking program and the masterclass that I mentioned. That's the uh, I was almost like part of my the journey towards getting into that program. And um, so I've just revamped the program. I've changed it slightly, made it shorter, added some one-to-one coaching as well. Um, and so my my goal over the next couple of weeks is really to get that that down so that it's um very easy for me to let people know that it exists and it becomes almost a no-brainer for people to join um, and while I'm doing that I'm also working on uh, trying to find more international speaking opportunities so um, I'm putting a, a sort of regimen together around getting out and doing the outreach for those so it's going to keep me busy over the next few months for sure. Well, that's exciting. Well, I will have everything linked below in the show notes so that the listeners can find your your free masterclass, which is full of so much value. Once again, she covers the, the diva and the star principle and outlines everything for you so that you can be an effective communicator. And of course, we'll link below also the book that you mentioned, Captivate. 
And I'm going to link your TEDx talk because it's good. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you and for your my... time. Oh, not at all. Not at all. And uh, yeah, it's been fantastic being on here. And I do also have a free guide, which is called um, 27 Places to Find Speaking Opportunities. Wow. So I'll send you a link to that also. And uh, maybe that will be useful for people who are starting out. Okay. Sounds fantastic. All right. Shola, I wish you the best of luck over the next few months and come back anytime and share an update of what you're doing next. Fantastic. Thank you so much for having me here, Sharon. It's been a real pleasure to chat to you. And uh, yeah, I'd love to come back another time. Thank you. Was that good or was that good? What Shola shared with us can be put into action immediately. And hey, don't save that just for your professional relationships. I think having empathy and learning how to connect with the people in our personal lives is just as important as what we do in our workplaces. And this is going to only up-level all of your relationships. I'll have everything linked for you below. Make sure that you take advantage of her free masterclass that is invaluable content. And once again, please share this out, share it to your community. And I'd love for you to say hello and even consider leaving a review. And as always, my friends, thank you so much for being here. And I wish you every good thing.